0: All right, we're no longer going to be on any CP time or anything like that. We're going to start this thing. Let's do it.
1: There is a story so strange in its implications that it defies ordinary classification. Blacker Than Black Times infinity,
0: infinity. So welcome to Blacker Than Black Times Infinity's second San Francisco Comic-Con panel on diversity. Oh, very I'm Canoose Prodigy alongside me is Chronos. everybody. And we got my boy Open. Oh, yes, yeah, he's that old. Alright, now before we even get started, what I want you to do is pull out your cell phones, pull out your tablet, pull out your device, smash that like button on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe. You're gonna love it. Trust me. What if I don't like it? They'll love it. Don't worry. Black and the Black Times Infinity at B the B T I.
1: We have cards for- Yeah, we got plenty of
0: cards up here. We have a lovely assistant over there that might be handing out some cards. Oh, maybe. <laughs> 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 I know you better white. It's all good. Okay, let's dive right in. So, how many of y'all are currently reading and watching diverse forms of media from television or comics or gaming? Okay. All right. Our job is our job here is done. We're done. <laughs> um, I feel like right now diversity is kind of a, a buzzword in a lot of geek fandoms. And on one side you got people who never support diver- diversity whatsoever. They don't want um, any changes to traditional characters whatsoever. And on kind of the other side of the extreme, you see a lot of people that. Um, Want you to support every single diverse character imaginable.
1: I feel like there's some middle ground.
0: So, let's dive right in. Um,
1: looking at both
0: extremes and canceling those out, I think you can evaluate a piece of media for what it is based on quality and whether the characters are relatable. Um, for for me, one of the things that I enjoyed the most from this past year, even though I disagreed with some aspects of this story, on Spider-Man's Homecoming, how many people actually went out to the theaters and saw that? Great, awesome. Anybody like it? People like it? Yeah? Overall, okay, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> boo boo that man, but anyway. Um, on Spider Man's Homecoming, we had a drastic change with Mr. Peter Parker. And in that drastic change, Peter Parker no longer liked redheads, he liked red bones. Did y'all notice that? All right. I was okay with that, though. I thought that was a cool change. It was kind of fun, you know what I mean? And uh, very inclusive.
2: Well, for those that didn't know, Mary Jane in the comic was Caucasian, not. I don't know what Tsunay
0: is. I know she's mixed, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mixed ethnicity. Um, but it doesn't really matter. matter. It doesn't really matter the story. That no. Changed, so I thought it was cool. You had two redbone
2: love interests. And that was <laughs> dope. That was really dope. How did you, what is a red bone
0: for people that don't know a red bone? Is. Usually uh, an African American female uh, who's uh, light skinned. or,
1: just or to yeah, mixed. <laughs> yeah. I don't get all here, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to
0: work. I'm trying to work. Um, but I thought that was a, a, a really cool change that they did in a uh, major motion picture. But let's jump into one of my favorite things going on right now on a TV series that is based upon um, an IDW comic that almost nobody actually read. Who's supporting right now on sci fi channel Winona Earp? A few folks, okay, a
1: few, <laughs> a few folks, far. okay, okay. okay. okay.
0: So, for all three of we you Yeah, that's all right, that's all right, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the reasons why I love this series, um, you have a lot of strong female characters, which is another kind of buzzword that we've heard uh, a lot lately, but they're on equal footing with all the, obviously all the male characters. You have the South Asian, you have the uh, African American, you have the East Asian, you have Native American characters, and you have them doing badass stuff, most importantly. So for me, when you have characters who kind of give me that feeling of old school Xena or yeah. Wonder Woman, yeah. you know, uh, even Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, a few Buffy fans, I like it. Um, <laughs> you can easily um, just suspend your disbelief, jump on board, have fun and obviously support these awesome characters and, and love the diversity in it. Now, on the flip side, how many folks uh, are familiar with Mr. John Boyega? Okay. Of course, everybody should be. He was in a small independent film that probably nobody ever heard of. Um, what is
3: this, did you call Star Battle?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: He, he lost a bet, by the way. He's also in <laughs> the podcast. He thought that uh, The Force Awakens would make less than, what was it, some dinosaur uh, some, film? Yeah, some dinosaur film. Yeah. Uh, some so dinosaur he film. lost and he had to dress up as uh, Princess Leia actually, mm-hmm. on the podcast live. So. I locked it. I looked good, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did look good.
0: You did look good in the, the bikini. Um, one of the reasons why I'm bringing up John Vallega, I thought that he went way too far earlier this year with his criticism of Game of Thrones. And his quote was, there are no black people on Game of Thrones. If you don't see uh, one black person in Lord of the Rings, therefore basically I won't support it. Yeah, I love Game of Thrones and I'm obviously African-American and there are African-American characters on that series. I think that it would um, behoove him and even some of his followers and not that I'm throwing shade, because I like the uh, like John Boye a whole lot. I loved him in Star Wars, but it would be nice to kind of uh, back up a little bit and show some respect for the characters who are in there, and not crap on the series as a whole that so many people love. Jump in. Yeah, it's like he uh, didn't really actually watch the show because one of the favorite couples in there is uh, Masande. I think it's her name, right? Yep, Masande. Great one. Great one. No, it's a great
2: couple. I thought, and I thought it was really cool about. Oh, anybody watch Game of Thrones here? Alright. All right.
0: I see some cosplayers back there with Game of Thrones, I think, right? No? Okay, never mind.
2: <laughs> I was just wondering how they are going to do it, to be honest with you. And then I looked it up and I was like, whoa, like, that's a um, rabbit hole. Because if y'all didn't know, um, Grey Worm doesn't have a Grey Worm. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that was really interesting. There's a bunch of other um, African American characters and other characters in the show that are great. But I think that he just saw the main characters were not um, diverse, and he just kind of threw shade just in general at the show, and I don't think it's really called for it. I don't think you got to throw shade on a, on a show just because they don't have what you like. You just don't watch it. I mean, that's the way I do things with my money is um, if I don't like something, I, I don't support it. I, I don't buy it. There's really no need to, um, especially when he's on an elevated platform like that, you know, to, to throw shade like that.
0: The fans actually obviously support Game of Thrones, they support Lord of the Rings, they support Star Wars, and they are the ones who ultimately decide that the quality is good enough to uh, supersede or, or be more important than any, anything having to do with an agenda. Yeah, and it's
2: misinformed. That's a, the most disappointing part, is a, is a misinformed opinion.
0: It's yep. So I would say, like what you like, support quality, try new series uh, that are diverse, and then. Um, Try to support it and yell as loudly as possible online in support of those great things. Awesome. All right, go ahead. You want yeah, let
2: right. go to you. Awesome. So I'm a really avid comic book reader. I have probably one of the biggest pulls of most people that I know. Um, if my pull weekly is $50, bucks, i am saving money. Usually it's above $70. Um, so I read a lot of comics. I'm always looking for like, the next new thing in comic books. Um, and I came across a comic book series by uh, Lion Forge Comics. Everybody heard of Lion Forge at all? See, crickets. This is why I'm glad we have this
1: panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Break it down. Lionforge Comics, they have
2: this new um, series called Catalyst Prime, and it's all about diverse characters and superheroes and supervillains. But it's done in, um, in a non-forced way. I'm going to give you their example of how they do it, but I'm going to give you a, a bad example of how um, some companies force, force upon us diversity in the wrong way. So in Catalyst Prime, I'll set up just briefly what it's all about. So basically, there's a meteor who's going to come hit the Earth, and they send a team of astronauts, astronauts out to intercept the meteor. It's kind of like, uh, what was that movie back in the day? Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> or Impact. packed one. Yeah, kind of like Armageddon. They go to the asteroid or meteor or whatever. They blow it up, and they think they accomplish their mission. But for some reason, the meteor still hits the Earth. And I'm like, going to get the end. This is the very first comic. And uh, it turns out that when a meter hits the earth, it gives people powers, random people powers. And so the first person that you meet is a, a gentleman by the name of Noble. and He's an African-American and he has uh, telekinetic powers. And I, I thought it was really cool to have, when I first started reading it, it didn't tell me on the first page that, hey, this guy is black. This is what he likes. Like, I hate reading that. Like, if I see, like, in the beginning where it tells me how I should feel about a character, like, I, I'm, I probably just throw it away. To be honest with you? Because in my, in my uh, experience, they have all been garbage. When I see that this is how you should draw the character, I, I need things to be story-driven. So if he has certain ways he feels about things, I need to understand why, not just you throwing it at me kind of lazily. Um, and that's one of the things I did in this one. Is like I still don't know that much about the character. We're in like the fifth comic. And I like that mystery. It brings me back to the comic every week, or it's actually not weekly, it's monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have other groups of uh, superheroes that also have powers that are diverse. Um, the next one I came up was Excel. He's a, a Latino character. He's a speedster. And what's different about him is that usually speedsters heal fast. But for him, he doesn't feel pain when he's going fast. But afterwards, he's a total normal human. So he ends up in the hospital almost every time. I thought that was kind of an interesting take on, on a speedster. Um, they also have one of the first, maybe, I don't know if it's the first, or it's one of the very few um, characters with Down syndrome. He's a superhero with Down syndrome. And you don't even realize that in the first, like, the only reason why I knew about it is because like, I talked to the editor. We had... Um, uh, joseph p Illich on our podcast he's a senior editor at lion forge and i heard about they're going to have a down syndrome character and he confirmed it but they don't they haven't really confirmed it in the comic yet so all you know is that he's wearing like this suit and he has um, super strength and he can shoot like these eye beams that can hurt or control you and i thought that was really cool something i've never read before and i love reading new things And the last one that just came out um, is The Incidentals, which is a superhero team that I don't know much about yet because the first one just came out and I can barely remember all the names yet. I think it's like five superheroes and it seemed pretty cool. And the supervillain in this is actually a Latina chick. And I thought nobody's doing that. Like, it's very rare to have female supervillains that do not have a female superhero protagonist. You know what I mean? It's usually either or. So I thought that was a really cool take on it. And they also have really cool... um, what do you call it, Uh, you don't see things coming in these comics. They don't don't seem cutter at all. And so, now that I've talked about something that was really cool with um, comic books, and I like seeing where the race is going, I want to talk about where some comic books have kind of missed a step, in my opinion. Um, Marvel, I believe last year, started missing steps when it came to changing characters, and everybody thought that people weren't reading them because they were diverse. Well, that's not the reason why people weren't reading them. There's a problem that Marvel has right now with Um, If you go watch the Avengers right now, and then you go read the comic books, not one of the Avengers is the actual character in the comic books right now. None of them. That's very confusing to the audience. It's like, wait a minute, I just watched Hulk, it's this guy, but in the comics it's two people, right? You have one who's Asian, that's cool, and then the other one is is, uh, She-Hulk, which they renamed to the Hulk for some reason. And I was getting that comic for a while, but then I realized after five comic books, she didn't Hulk out once. So I'm like, why don't you just call Jennifer Walters' uh, lawyer? Like that'd be more appropriate. You know what I mean? Like you can't call it the Hulk without the Hulk. So like that was really weird for me. I think they kind of they're wasting a character in in, uh, in Jennifer Walters, um, which I mean, if it was just her being a lawyer and they told me that this this is the story, I would have no problem picking it up. But you can't tell me that this is a whole comic when there's no Hulk. And on today's show, he's doing all right. So, and also Thor's now Jane Foster, which is confusing for people because they don't know who Jane Foster is. You might know from Thor. She was the um.
0: Natalie Portman's Natalie character. Natalie Portman's character.
2: But if you read the comics, you're like, well, why is, why is she a female? And you're like, what happened to the other Thor? Well, he's called the Mighty Thor. And so that's confusing. You know? So it's like, all right, now they're going to make the ultimate Thor. And it's just like, it, that's really weird. Plus, and then
0: Plus Thor is Thor's name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> which they kind of got around it because he gave the name to her, which is, which is fine. But it's still, you know, it's still kind of weird. Um, and then Wolverine is not X-23. Who I, I love X-23. But, it, you know, she's not Wolverine. Um, Wolverine just happens, to be, happens to be gone right now, but I don't think that they need a character to replace him. And the same thing with R- Riri Williams, that's now Iron Man, even though she's really Iron Heart. So it's confusing. Like I said, it's very confusing. And the, the main problems that I have when they do this is that I feel like they're making these characters diverse, but they don't believe in real diversity. If they would have believed in real diversity, where they gave these characters their own actual stories... Instead, what they're doing is they're taking a legacy of these other characters and they're just putting them on top of it. They're like, here, this is the new one. Go read it. But you can't do that because you're going to have people like me and obviously it shows with their sales, but totally down. Nobody's reading the comics, which is a shame because some of them are really good, but they're not going to read it because they built that legacy and they kind of just destroyed it by tossing somebody else on top. And then they want to say that, oh, well, our readers don't like diverse comics. No, they just want real new diverse characters. That's mm-hmm. the problem. <laughs> And also, there's a very poorly written comic called. Does anybody in here read America? Mm-hmm. You read it. It's, it's okay if you guys read it. You, you read it. Do you yeah, like the comic book? I mean, no. Okay. So I'm not. <laughs> All right. Buckle up. Yeah. So America was a comic. Um, She's a comic book character who has these powers where she can basically punch holes through um, time and space. So cool power, She has super strength. Um, I was introduced to her through a uh, comic book called The Ultimates. Mm -hmm. It's a great comic. If 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 y'all don't read it, get a chance to pick it up. It's got really cool characters in it and she actually leads the group and she's a total badass in this group. Um, And when they came up with America the Comic, I don't think the person who actually wrote the comic read comics or read about this character at all because they made her go from being in the Ultimates, from saving multiple universes to going back to college. And I was like very confused, and and I knew the character was gay, but they really like really pushed it in this comic. I'm not saying it's not wrong. To, I'm not saying it's wrong to push it, but they did it in like a so poorly done that it's. It, I just had to stop reading it. Like this is a perfect example. They introduce her girlfriend on one on one page. Uh, three pages later, they break up. And I'm just like, what What was the point of even writing that in there? Like, I, I wanted to be invested in this story, but you introduce a character and then take it away, like, almost immediately. And it's like, come on, you, you, can't, you can't do that. And then they literally had um, some, quote-unquote, villains in this comic that literally were just white privilege. And I was like, are, uh, you, come on, that's, like, super lazy. I mean, I understand it's kind of like with the times or whatever, but... And it was just one of those things where... Um, They just, she basically beats her right up in like one punch. It's like one punch, man, pretty much. And it's just like, you can't, you have to build, the only thing that makes a great superhero are supervillains, right? You can't have a superhero that doesn't really have a challenge. You know, if you just go around and punch people once and they're out, it's like, what's the point of reading that, you know? So, yeah. And another thing I wanted to touch upon, it's probably going to be the most, I guess, uh, controversial, is cultural appropriation because mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I can't I yeah. can't stand this topic you <laughs> see everyone just take a deep breath right there, right there, right there. Yeah. hold on,
3: you'll take a deep breath I'm going to take a, a deep drink <laughs> uh, just piggyback on what Kronos was talking about, so the, the America comic is written by a gay Latina so, but yet this is what she's writing about so this is what she's giving to her audience which obviously Kronos has issue with I mean those of you who like the comics, so fine. But, well, I wish you would have wrote a new character, right? That she
2: wanted to... That was her dream, instead of taking something else and then making it in her dream. That's what was disappointing for me. So, so yeah. Uh, cultural appropriation. So, I know that's like a big hot-button issue right now. People seem to get mad sometimes for certain things, and nobody knows what they are. Um, I think it's like a total mystery to most people, like, what's appropriation and what's not. And I think people are missing the point. If you're in America, like, we basically all culturally appropriated at some point in time. Like, we yeah. have. I'm wearing an Naruto shirt. I don't care. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, um, Wait, I'm a incorporating us. Uh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think society would be better off if we continue mixing like we always have. This is supposed to be the great mixing pot, right, in America, and I think people have just lost that. Just to make a, uh, to virtue signal, basically. They want to virtue signal that, hey, I think what you're doing is wrong, but they don't give you a reason why. Right? I think if, if you really think somebody is appropriating your culture um, and are doing it wrong, maybe you should explain to them how it's wrong and then break down you know, what your culture is all about. I think people are missing that point when you just scream cultural appropriation or you know, don't do this in my culture. It's like, well, why don't you educate them on your culture? Instead, what you're doing is you're giving them a negative perception of your culture by saying, hey, you can't do this. You can't even research it. I'm not even going to tell you why. And that, that really makes me angry, like seriously angry, because I think we'd be better off if we all knew more about each other's cultures. I mean, seriously. Like, I, I, I love... go ahead. I'll take a class. Nice. I, uh, on a typical day, I'll do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that is a Japanese martial art that was taken by the Brazilians and then changed. On the way home, I'll grab some Mexican food. I'll also grab some German beer, and I'll mm-hmm. go home and watch some anime. All that stuff is different cultures, and that should never be criticized, because I, I enjoy those cultures, and I'm never trying to disrespect them. I'm trying to learn more about them, and, and I enjoy them. So, so hopefully, and then there's other things in, like, that are cultural, quote unquote cultural appropriation that people just think is okay, I like the Wu-Tang Clan. Everybody likes the Wu-Tang Clan, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, mean nothing I mean, like have for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. They've taken all this stuff from Chinese martial art movies. Nobody says a thing. You know, Samurai Champlain did the reverse It's it's an anime that's mixed in with, you know, samurais mixed with hip-hop. I thought that was great. You know, uh, Cowboy Bebop, same thing. They mixed in jazz with anime. That was awesome. Um, And a lot of uh, anime has Caucasians in it, but people just, like, ignore it. It's like, there's a whole bunch of anime characters that, oh, the guy has orange hair. Is he Japanese? No, he's not. Like, Ichigo from Bleach is not Japanese. Probably not Japanese. He's got blonde hair and blue eyes. You know what I mean? It's just like, and the Japanese the Japanese have no problem with that. I don't think we should have a problem with that either. Um, and then yeah, I mean martial arts are always mixed with those cultures. In South Korean South Korea, they have uh, Korean hip hop now and K-pop. That's heavily influenced by American um, '90s hip hop and R&B. And I think that's all awesome. Oh
3: ninja, what you got? Uh, how many gamers do we have in the house tonight? Look at all them hands. Alright, uh, so with the gaming community, a lot of you probably noticed that um, characters that we are given are usually set a particular way, but there's been this trend now of characters that we're given, we're able to create our own in whatever image we want. You can make them male, female, Indian, or whatever. Um, there's a particular game that's out right now. It just came out recently, I was able to finish and enjoy it. Uh, it is the it's part of the Uncharted franchise. you know, I to play Uncharted here. <laughs> wow. It's actually quite serious. Yeah, it's actually quite less than, than I expected. But, um, the latest in their franchise is the Uncharted Lost Legacy. So in that game, it takes two companion characters and make them the centerpiece of the franchise. So normally you are starring as Nathan Drake, who is. White male, treasure hunter, you know, he kind of looks like uh, Nathan Fillion,
1: actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh but in Lost Legacy, you take two companion characters. Actually,
3: one was the villain in uh, the Lost in the last, I guess no, the four Yeah, 24 she was the villain. And they take these two characters and put them together and you you control one of them and you have an adventure with them. The thing is that one of the characters think is Australian, she's actually half Indian. So, she's following her father, who is Indian, born in India. He was on a quest, and she ends up finishing that quest. So, she is part Indian, part Australian, and raised in Australia. The other character... With an Australian accent. Yes. uh, The other character is a uh, British woman of African descent. So, both of them team up to take on this adventure. They're both women of color. So this is kind of what, I guess, traditional, like Hollywood, or even even big AAA games, think is risky. Because you have two women of color, front and center, that you are controlling in a quote unquote man world, or, you know, I guess 18 to 35 age range. So, so (laughs) this is actually really interesting to me, because I was introduced to these characters in the Uncharted franchise but then we get to see a deeper level of these two women that are both ass-kicking both kind of i want to say risk takers but they end up working together and trying to complete this goal and you learn a lot about them especially their past especially with uh the character chloe fraser she's the one that mentioned that's half indian house australian and this is something that you don't necessarily get that often like a woman of color that you get to control and be, she's struggles and She is the hero in the story. Most of the time you see, you know, what, uh, Marcus Phoenix, Nathan Drake, uh, who else? Big out there. Uh, Master King. Chief. Yeah, Master Chief, who you, you know is most likely white, even though you don't really see his face, but, I mean, these are huge characters. Oh, Songs. Songs and mm-hmm. Rock. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, they're really Metroid back, which i am happy. It's one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, so, I mean, these are characters that are generally white like, But I mean, like, there's games that, like Mass Effect and the upcoming Destiny 2, which starts next week. Is that. Uh those that? Char- those games allow you to dress up your character however you want. You can pick your race and your sex and then go on from there. Even though your character rarely talks, it's still, you can make a reflection of you, someone you want to be like, someone that you know, someone that you admire, whatnot. Uh, I think these are... Changes in the industry that I think a lot of games should kind of follow suit. You're, you're, if you're a gamer, you probably see like more and more like you're able to do that. Like, can anybody play like MMOs or RPGs and things like that? Just a little, just a little. Is everyone else just like Call of Duty, Battles? <laughs> because those, like, most of those people you don't really care. Once you die, you're somebody else, or you're you're low down. But yeah, uh, if you've never played the Uncharted series, if you have PS4, I highly recommend picking this up, playing this, and getting to know these two characters and what their struggles were. I mean they they talk about pretty much being women in a predominantly man's world, but yet how they were able to rise above and still come out on top
0: and be heroes. So they do kill people
3: though. <laughs> well most heroes do, when you're playing that's the whole point of the game, right? <laughs> they're, you're there you're, to you're be badass or godlike. The whole mm-hmm. point of the game is murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a hero. Pretty <laughs> much. I mean, there are very few games where you're doing like non stuff. Like your favorite, Journey.
2: I can't stand that game. Yeah, yeah, journey. Yeah, just Journey musical based. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is, y'all, so, <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. yeah. We're gonna open we gonna open it up? Yeah, we can. Good, okay.
0: good. Uh, anybody want to, anybody have any questions about diversity in media that you kind of want to ask us from Be Them BTI? I got a question all the way in the back. Yes, you. So, we're getting more and more female heroes on screen recently,
1: which is great. But I've noticed that we don't have as many female villains on the big screen and small screen. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Netflix Marvel series with a hand. Just, Jessica Jones, with the defenders. Jessica Jones yeah. And Cage with the Defenders, Yeah. So I was wondering why why you guys think that female villains, especially female like master villains, like sometimes we get female like sub villains, but they're not the ones in charge, right? Yeah. I'm wondering why, why you guys think why it is that way.
2: That's like a barrier that we still have to cross. So hmm, that's a good question. So the the thing is, I think that just recently, I think last year. Hollywood realized that women watch movies. <laughs> oh my goodness! So that's the that's the main reason why is because they didn't realize that um, ladies watch action movies at all, and obviously they were mistaken because one woman came out and it broke records. So and even then the hero or the villain was a guy is Ares, which is the, the one of the main villains in, in her story. But yeah, you're gonna keep getting um, I don't want to say a half-assed approach. But you're gonna get a safe approach to every female movie I think going forward. I think Wonder Woman was a step in the right direction, but they're still going to try to get there as safe as possible because they're going to still want to include um, men to watch the movies. But I think if they just came at it as making a good movie they'd be better off, right? And uh, eventually we're going to get some good female villains. Because yeah, you're right, I think Electra's like one of the few. Go ahead. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, go If I could like just make a comment. So the movie Thor, Ragnarok, Mm-hmm. And how often the goddess of, of yeah. that is going to be the I
0: think first yes the major female villain. Uh, it, 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 well, oh sorry, t- Rita Pulsa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I got <laughs> I got my fingers crossed on something and you know, this obviously hasn't been announced yet. I'm a huge fan of Thanos. So Obviously, he's going to be making, not his debut, but uh, the movie, The Infinity War, is going to be all about him, both parts. What I demand to see Marvel is death basically being his motivation and being the ultimate villain kind of behind Thanos. And basically a female uh, version of death in that film, and I think that's going to be the greatest uh, example if they actually execute because we haven't heard anything about casting quite yet for that role um, that, that uh, we could ever hope for so hopefully we get death yeah. well and
2: she's not just behind the motivation not, yeah she's behind all the motivation yeah so basically he's doing everything to please death mm-hmm. and so if they don't have her in the movie who I think is actually in Deadpool but that's just my own thoughts I think, I think it's, it's Deadpool. Deadpool's girlfriend I think that's death because um, it should be
3: um, so, really, but if you watch the show once upon a time, uh, the main villain is usually the evil queen for the most part and then becomes her sister. So those two are pretty fleshed out. Sometimes, so in certain seasons, there's a guy. I mean, you argue that.
2: point because that's actually one of my few uh, gripes about Wonder Woman, is that she was not Amazon-like stature at all. Um, actually, when I first heard that Gal Gadot was, was uh, going to be Wonder Woman, we kind of crapped on it. Actually, we kind of crapped on the movie in general when we first saw the, the first trailer, and thank goodness we were wrong. We were totally wrong about that. Um, obviously, it's not, she's not the right size, but she did have the presence of an Amazon. But yeah, you're right. There should be large women. I think the, the only, I think, what was it? Gwendolyn... What Gwendolyn Gwendolyn
0: Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn yeah. Yeah. was your name, though? Gwendolyn Chrissy. I think she's close to seven feet tall. <laughs> I'd like to see more. I, I really would. Um, it becomes more believable, you know, when I see someone who's you know, 6'4", 220, you know, or, or something like that, actually kicking ass. So I, I, I want to see more of that. That's a great point.
3: Yeah, we've had a, a couple of, what, MMA stars. We had Ronda Rousey in the Fast and Furious films. We also had uh, Gina Carano in Deadpool, and also, she's also in Fast and Furious, so women who have been proven in the real world that they can fight. So,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, they Actually, that's an issue movie, actually kind of, I like that because that, that dude that I hate done uh, What was that guy's name? Uh, Pretty guy, yeah. trying to get Every movie mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. dies in,
0: I love. I can't <laughs> say that. But he was a good stripper, I guess, but you <laughs> can't act <stay> for <laughs> <watch, laughs> <watch, laughs> nothing. Sorry. I got a girlfriend. <laughs> do we have another question? We got a question in the
3: back. Blue? Uh, um, <coughs> do, you, do you guys know that The Flash is a very good example of, of uh, diversity on TV shows mm-hmm. that are out right now? Yes. Yeah, Because uh, you're talking about the the
2: relationship between Iris West and uh, and Barry Allen, right? So, I think that was really cool to have on screen. And they actually have a pretty diverse cast in general. They have uh, Cisco, who's who's Latino, and then they have there's a few other characters as well. There's the best black father on television on that show, and that's That's Bill West. And I think
0: the... I've said it a million times, but the relationship between Barry, his kind of adopted son, uh, who's the Flash, and then... um, uh, Joe is just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. I love when Barry actually calls him dad, and that happens all the time. So that show has a lot of heart, and I appreciate it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah the family dynamic on The
3: Flash, I think, is what drives the show, especially what each member of The Flash team is willing to do for their family, especially Joe. Um, I think that's one of the best
0: family dramas on TV. Period. I, I love it. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Do we have question got, Actually, I'm going to come back to you, and we'll do this one over mm-hmm. here in the pink. Um, so, like, cap diversity and
1: all these in media, but do you think, like, are there any really good examples of uh,
2: intersectionality? No. Um, and I think part of that is due to it's, it's sort of still new in our society. Right? So we're just now really, just in the past couple of years, I didn't know about it before, maybe two, three years ago. And so I think once we get uh, more of a definition on things and once it becomes more widely accepted in society, which I think it, we're well on the way there, I wouldn't be surprised that we're going to get some of that coming out very soon. But it's just, it takes time. I mean, we're just now getting female superhero movies. You know, it's like society is very slow for some reason. And like Especially, not society, media is very slow because they're always worried about demographics instead of making good content. And so uh, it always comes down to the bottom line. But like I said, you make a good movie, you make a good movie.
0: For independent comics, I think we're seeing much more of that, which is fun and awesome. Um, and I agree with Kronos. Uh, it's going to take a while for uh, depictions in uh, TV shows and movies. Um, I'm all here for it. I want to see that happen. But um, you know, for right now, people got to make as much of their own content as possible, and then, of course, circulate and support online that content.
1: Oh yeah, also use your online voice, I mean if you want to see it, demand it.
3: So, demand it
1: until they're... Yes, because I see so much uh, siloing, I guess. It's all about, you know, the white it's all about the female character, it's all about the black character, all about, you know, the gay character, and it's not really a
2: whole lot of uh, interaction, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, we still have things in in media right now where, I didn't coin this phrase, a, a, a gentleman by the name of uh, David Cho coined this phrase. He had this thing called the, the Fear of the Yellow Man. And the thing was that in, in media for the longest time you would never see an Asian character uh, have any intimacy with anybody other than an Asian character. And it's so weird, like if you think about it now, it barely ever happens. Like, Into the Badlands does it, right? But other than that, and it doesn't really. The exist. only other one we got is Walking Dead with Glenn. Yeah, that's it. and that's basically it. And we have all these Asian actors, but you don't have the same representation on uh, how they would be in real life. You know what I mean? It's, it's totally weird. And even just like the way they have, you know, mixed couples a lot of the time. It's just like it's it, it's usually just black and white. It's it's very rare is it somebody. So that's what I'm saying. You know, just it takes time for everything to catch up, and uh, eventually
0: it will. We have one more here, and then we'll go in the back. Go ahead. Okay. Go in the back. I was just going
3: to mention Switch Different has the Latinx and
2: white and ableism around hmm. the deaf. There's a deaf female. Lead. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so a Latinx female. Lead. That's very good. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it was just. That was another thing, too, with, like, uh, having disa- disabled people in media as well. That's a weird one. Like, I see all these big-name actors that are... I, gotta, I didn't think about this until I was listening to a W. Kamau Bell podcast, and they had somebody on that was that was disabled, and she was... Uh, she asked, and she said that you have all these actors that get in a wheelchair and they're not disabled at all. So it's like, why can't you have somebody that's actually, you know, has that, you know, whatever, and then have them in that role? Like, it's much more believable. Like, uh, I don't know, Denzel Washington in a wheelchair, I know I didn't walk. Like that's, you know, you're not fooling me. So it's like I I would much more believe somebody that lived that life and they would probably have um, all kinds of stuff I never even thought about from being in a wheelchair, what their daily life is like. And that's what I want to see.
0: Another question. Got one over here.
1: Going back to the sort of uh, female diversity, what do you guys think about this new, I don't know about a new trend, but the current trend of all-female reboots or all-female
3: remakes? Oh, boy. I know we uh, talked about all-female uh, last year, and uh, we all uh, talking
0: about the Lord of the Flies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <well>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, say this. For established franchises, sometimes... I kind of roll my eyes a little bit at the reboots. Just reboots in general. Um, There's too many reboots. If it's a an all-female cast it it really will depend on the casting but in general if, if it's new versus a reboot I'll give it more of a chance on the new side. Reboots just irk me and The Ghostbusters film didn't do well financially. Um, I didn't have any interest in watching it. I'm not crapping on those uh, ladies that played those roles whatsoever, but it just felt lazy and low quality. I'm just gonna be very honest with you. If this new reboot that you're talking about actually uh, has high quality and gets some buzz, I may support it, so I'll give it a chance. Yeah, I always feel like there's a lot of, uh, an air of laziness
2: when they do reboots because they know that they made money on it once, let's just do it again but change them to some other ethnicity or gender. It's just like, well, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? You have to make it, like I keep saying, you have to make a good story. And when you just do a reboot, you try to just hash these characters in, you know, that are a little different. Like It's, it's not always going to work. And, it's, and America has already spoken with their money when it comes to a lot of these reboots. Um, not even just speaking about like Ghostbusters, but we saw the Transformers, and I was like, thank God, finally. Everybody saw these movies are crappy. Like <laughs> finally, like the first one wasn't wasn't that good, and I was like, it's got a little bit of, you know, but and, and, the parts and, and, I didn't like, they doubled down and tripled down, and then they had then they had robots with balls. And I was like, dude, how do you have robots with balls?
0: Like, <laughs> and it was still
1: making money,
2: and they finally, finally, it,
3: it, it balled. So I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> um, I want to say, kind of piggybacking on what you was talking about, it has to be, it depends on the property, really, you know, if you're just going to take something that they've already made money on once and they're going to double down and let us just change it to all females, I'm going to be skeptical, of course, because I, I most likely all of us have seen the original, so it's like, well, what are they going to do that's different, and... Let's be honest, we're all we're all nerds here. We all kind of read. There's plenty of new property out there that starts strong female characters that they could do, and they just don't do it. They'd rather just rehash something, swap genders, swap swap ethnicities, and then cash that ride the cow, cash the check. Like there's plenty of material out there that we have read that we probably want to see, which why I'm excited about ready player one, because it's never been adapted. So we're gonna see something. That could have been adapted back in the '90s, but we're getting Steven Spielberg doing this. So that's something original. It's never been done. There's uh, what the Alienist, which is a popular book, which yeah. I heard they're we going to make into a TV series. I'm not hundred percent. There's so much out there. Working with to time too, I was like, yeah. A so there's plenty, plenty of property out there that has strong female characters. That's what I want to see. If you've never tapped it, let's think, open it up and explore it and put this on screen. There's a demand for it. There's a want for it. Rehashing—that's why I'm gonna like kind of like slink back a little bit and be like, I, I'm gonna be skeptical. But if you've got new, there's plenty of property. New property, strong female character—I'd rather see that. But, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim. Jim came out.
0: You know what happened? Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Let me crap right. on one thing. If y'all don't stop these live action anime adaptations right <laughs> now! Ghost in the Shell! And Death Note! Avatar. <laughs> the list goes on and on. You all know it. They're garbage. They're lazy, and they should never happen. There's not been a. I, I know some of y'all are gasping, that there's not been a single one of these live-action anime adaptations that have been worth the damn. So okay,
2: Actually, that didn't look good. I I didn't watch the whole thing. I only saw the trailer. Did it come out on Blu-ray or right uh, I DVD? Okay. Oh,
1: cool. The oh, was, good. I the second one, me the third one, they are good. Yeah, that was one of my favorite animes, actually. robotic Action.
2: <laughs> it's the uh, oh, Samurai X. The first yeah. one was good,
1: the other two were bad. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll check it out. But it, it still gives me hope. you know. But that, that was
2: still done in Japan. I think 100% of the time when it's garbage is when they take a one from Japan and they try to do it in America. 100%, they're garbage.
3: So... <laughs> Yeah. It, it could be done. A lot of things could be done. They could actually make a really good video game adaptation into a movie, but... We're still waiting. The only one that's actually made... There's actually two. The one live action, two, the first Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, yeah. So I'm like, that's, and then the other video game movie that made a lot of money was Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: made, yeah, that didn't It um, made a lot of money, there's
3: no denying that, but... I want to see... You know, where's my live action Halo? Right? Where's my... Where's where's my There's also Uncharted in, in development for a long time. Uncharted. The Last of Us, they've been teasing us about that.
0: I haven't seen casting, no director, no script, nothing. They already got the casting. Helen Page, I mean, that she should be... Mm. Well, she's yeah, yeah, that's right. where i They see likeness. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of property, and every time
3: they've adapted it to turn into fire... I'm but yeah, I'm so hopeful. As long as as long as Doctor Uwe bold does not get his hands on it,
2: I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I feel like when they're doing reboots and stuff like that today, is that they're, they're almost robbing a generation of, of good content, right? Because when we were growing up, I don't know how old everybody is in this room, but I'm not that young anymore. So you know, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ghostbusters, you know, there's all there's like a litany of like great movies that are all originals. And you're just not seeing a litany of, like, good original movies anymore. Like, they're just, they're non-existent. And it feels like, I mean, it's kind of cool to see my, my childhood come back up, but then again, it's not. You know what I mean? It's like, I was a kid back then, I had Rolls-Royce glasses on, then I go back and watch the original, and I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, I just leave my childhood in the past and let these new kids, like, have their own new shows and new movies, you know?
1: All right, we had a question over here. It's not so much a question as a comment going back to um, Uncharted, that, uh, it's almost, I, I really liked playing it, um, but Dishonored, which is kind of a, a smaller one, is yeah. coming out with also a side character story
0: with the one-eyed, one-armed black woman going
1: to go out to kill God, and i yeah. very excited.
2: Yeah, <laughs> take my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another good switch to the protagonist, too, because the first one was uh, a guy, and the second one, it was a uh, woman, right? The, the protagonist? Did you, did you, did the Either one
1: character character, you can be his daughter. So, like, to please, you know, the, the men <laughs> play the game. They're like, no, don't worry. There's still, there's still a, a male character you can play. and in Assassin's Creed too, where it's That's like, still yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed Liberation,
0: I where you're the Creole woman. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I almost always, when they give me that choice, play as a female character. It's just fun. But you make ridiculous female characters, though. I, I do. mean, we got okay. honest. characters you make are offensive. My business I yeah. like was oh, no, just, just...
2: So we were playing uh, Saints Row the Third, you remember know, the game before? It's a hilarious series. They were playing online, and literally, he was She-Hulk with pasties on And I was
0: like, like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> That was funny enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Do we have another one right here? Yeah. Uh, two comments.
3: First off, Netflix Death Note was absolutely hilarious. Hilarious? It has a slow motion
0: scene where they play fucking Chicago.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, boy. 10, best I've ever seen now. Oh okay. Wow. All right. Number two. <laughs> uh, going back to uh, the discussion of cultural appropriation. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know,
3: I know. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I know what you said about uh, culture mixing. But usually, what I hear with uh, respect to when people criticize cultural appropriation, it's about like the depth of which I guess like a work interfaces with
1: culture. Like, Burr. one of my favorite movies is Ghost Dog: Way of the Sand. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, it does have a lot of you know. You know, it is made
3: by a white dude, Jim Jarvis. It mm-hmm. does have all these influences from like, you know, black culture, Asian culture. I mean, you know, soundtrack's done by the RZA, yeah, and, yeah. You know, like, it's engaging with the culture. It has people who are involved. But, you know, like, the stereotypical example of wearing a Native American warhead dress at Coachella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, you know, like, it is, I guess, sort of an aesthetic element from this culture, but it's not
1: really interfacing with the, uh, like, meaning.
3: Right,
2: and that well, that's the part that I think needs to be explained. Like, so if you see if, if you're Native American and you see somebody with a Native American headdress on, explain to them how it's offensive to you. Like, you can't to, to me if somebody tells me that if I say something that's offensive, and you tell me that it's offensive, it's like okay, that's good to know. I'm gonna go about about my day because you didn't explain to me why it's offensive to you. And so once you explain to me why something's offensive, then it's up to me to choose whether or not I'm gonna change my behavior. Like if I think that I've deeply offended you and that I can change this behavior easily. Then, not, not easily, but if I can change our behavior to something better, then that's what I'll do. But I think that a lot of people are just being hit over the head with you know, you appropriate my culture, I find you offensive, but there's no real reason behind that. And if you don't educate somebody on it, then I, there's nothing gained, in my opinion. So,
3: thank you. Uh,
2: definitely. Another question? On. You moved, you moved, yeah. <laughs>
1: Can be considered transgender or a strong female lead? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, huh. That's a good one. Well... I don't think that's the
2: definition of transgender. Yeah, no, because... Yeah. No, because every single time we... I don't want to talk to that much, but it's basically... It's a new body, right? So, it's yeah, it's not trans at all, no. It's
1: the same person. Like, I, I would assume that, um, that uh, his personality... Is
0: for personalities to stay the same throughout it, and it's like it's how do you know personalities change well, new incarnations? Hoovians are uh.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well like, it be like if if you uh, if you if you believe in sorry guys. It's sort of experience, cuz I
1: like messed up a lot. It's like, how would
3: the would the character be really any different than the other doctors that you had before? I look at it from a Star Trek point of view. So in Star Trek they have the race called the Trill. So every time the host kind of dies they move the Trill to a new host. But that Trill, that being, is like this, it looks like a liver. But the being takes on its memories as its previous host and just accompanies to its new host. So I look at it kind of that way. It's just moving from one host to another, and then it's going to gain new experiences in its new host. I look at it like if I die and I was resurrected, would I be Jesus? Not kidding. When I be transgender, no, I just to be a new being, right? So. I want to Leap? because he was so weird, he was a female body, but he was still himself. He just had to
1: play out the role of female. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the. <laughs> We don't come back to you, Blue. He's on the podcast, just so you know. Uh, Do we have a question over here?
2: Yeah, I
1: had a a question. Um, I haven't read them, but I know that there are some really cool graphic novels that use the comic book and graphic novel format uh, to educate people about uh, African American history. I know John, John Lewis has this two or three volume civil rights movement mm-hmm. i was wondering though has anybody rebooted the uh, black history comics from the 60s and 70s because i i went to a mostly black elementary school so i ended up reading a bunch of those and they were really 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 good And i don't know if they've been republished or if anybody's updating them but I think the, the educational potential for the comic and graphic novel format is it has a lot more that it can do than all of this other stuff that I'm less enthusiastic about. Yeah, so comic books back in the day, you're totally right. They did have a more
2: educational element to them. And they actually had a lot of propaganda elements to them, too. If you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty back in like World War II, um, Captain America was pretty much a propaganda piece. Um, but yeah, we've seen today it's very hard to find a real educational comic, comic book. And the, especially especially because of the big three comic books, you know, Marvel, DC, Image, they're just not doing that right now. I think it's because they think they don't sell right now. However... Like for uh, my oldest daughter, she's, uh, she's 14 now, and I, I got her to actually learn how to read better through comic books. So that alone was like awesome for me, but I, I really wish they would have more educational comic books. That way I can, get, I can not feel bad about just having them read about some fictional story. If they actually learn something from that story, that'd be awesome. I
1: wonder, v- I wonder if anybody's taken the Black History uh, comic book books from the 50s, to 60s, and 70s them on a website, so. They might I'm, know, yeah, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I will say there are some... Uh, it's like Cal and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 But there are some comics that I'm...
0: Um, or There's one in particular that I'm really excited about that is completely fictional but involves um, some great historical figures. In fact, my favorite historical figure of all time was Harriet Tubman. Uh, she is in a comic called Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. <laughs> and she is killing slave owners in like a Django Unchained kind of awesome way. Mean, it it seems like, it. like that. Um, so obviously, you know, it, it has the fictional element uh, with the supernatural, but at least one historical figure in there. Well, you know? at least
2: it's, it's going to guarantee
3: that more kids are going to know who Harriet Tubman was.
0: Absolutely. Obviously, yeah. a modified history. But.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about the historical comics, but I hope they do come back. I mean uh, hopefully we'll be able to find more information about that. But yeah, you one. guys know who Kevin Smith is? Anybody ever heard of that guy? <laughs> he kinda makes movies sometimes, but he's a big proponent of adding uh, graphic novels to public school repertoire. Absolutely. which uh, he argued he has a really good argument about it. If you ever watch uh Evening of Kevin
0: Smith, he talks about it on there. Lady with her hand raised in the back.
1: There have actually been a bunch of educational graphic novels coming up and in I have two really great ones on the Irish Revolution. All right. Um, what, what are they called? It teaches computer science. Wow. Uh, who? Squirrel? Oh, that's uh, you. you? Yeah, it's written by someone so who works in a computer, so it teaches wow. computer science. Um, but I actually want to go back to diversity with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Marvel
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. I wanted to bring it up, but I, I didn't. But yeah, you're totally right. One of my favorite comic books from, like, two years ago was Nighthawk. And he was a, a, a black hero, and he went to Chicago and was, like, taking like Chicago problems to, to heart and, like, taking care of it. And they got counseled within, like, six issues. They um, also had a Latino character in Civil War II by the name of Ulysses that actually started the entire thing. They did nothing with the character. You know, and there's 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 a whole bunch of other characters as well. They just, they, they don't put enough stock in them. And they don't they don't really market them. You know, they just expect people to really know who they are through like these I don't know these other means. And nobody really knows who they are. Like I, most people don't know who Blackhawk or Nighthawk is, or Ulysses, or a whole bunch of other characters. And it, it's it's disturbing to me that they put way more money in these other characters than in their diverse characters, where they say they care about diversity.
3: You know. I should mention power lines at this point. There's comic, it's not by the... It's an uh, image. Yeah, it's an image comic. Yep. But it's a comic based in the Bay Area, and it's based in the Native American lore, and it has an African-American teenager and a middle-aged white woman, and they develop power. Which is a racist white like, <laughs> It is racist. But, I mean, they, it's right here in the Bay. It starts in Benicia, and goes across the bridges. It's about a triangle of power, and nobody read it. It was cancelled in, like, three, episode, uh, three yeah. issues. But the reason why I say she's a racist white lady is because she literally was a racist white lady. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that is just because she's white. Yeah, I, mean, so, no, yeah. I mean, that's that was a the, the the racist white woman meeting an Inner City, young yeah. black teenage male.
0: Uh, yeah. oh, yeah. we have time for one uh, yeah, I think we have time for one yeah. more. Let's do it. So, I'm interested in what you guys think about
1: using video games as an educational medium for showing what daily life is like for non-white male characters. <clears throat>
0: Ooh, that's
3: um, yeah, that's, that's actually a really great question because there, I've seen a lot of uh, video game tools that are used to teach just almost anything. Like uh, there's a game that uh, I believe it's developed locally, but it's, it's a game that shows basically what autism is like. So it's about how a child with autism Interacts with other children on a playground, and you're able to play it and basically get this auditory sense of what it's like to be an autistic kid, and how to help de- uh, learn about what they learn, so you can better help them. Um, there's also, you know, other games that'll teach you basically how to like survive and whatnot in the wilderness and things like that. I think it's actually a great tools, especially now with VR, you can use this as a great learning tool to help children with uh, spatial awareness, helping you know uh, math and uh, geometry problems. There's a huge potential slate to open up and teach on a new platform. Um, Trick Hawkins, who's actually one of the founders of Electronic Arts, he was talking about, about a couple of years ago about, well, if you look at where children are doing, they're playing more video games. If they're playing more video games, then that's where education should go. We should change the way we educate our children. We're, we're in the interactive age, so we should be interactive with our kids, show them a new way of learning, so I think that has just a skyrocket potential
2: there. Just add on to that real quick, so I think that's actually kind of a, a slippery slope for me because um, I, I understand what you're saying, I think that would be a cool medium to use but then I'm also very concerned about how we would portray a, a different ethnicities because if I see you know, a black character that every time he's in the hood, fuck that. You know what I mean? Because we're all all different and I think that people, they might get caught up in stereotypes instead of just realizing that we're all just Americans and everybody lives, everybody has their difficult moments in life, everybody has their problems. Um, But yeah, if if it's well done and they show like uh, the the rainbow of life that we have, then I think that'd be
0: great. But if they just stick to stereotypes, I I just don't want to see it. All about the execution. I think we have time for just just one more more right over here.
3: handle like, um, like uh like stars are sent
1: like uh, lower class areas where there's more uh, more minorities like how, how do you um write it so that it stops falling into the whole like stereotypical stuff? education better parenting educated parents I think when you look like, at what you see a bad kid 95% of the time the parents are that great to be honest and that's that's what I've seen
2: in, in my life. Um, one of the reasons why I, I did uh, decent in life and some of my friends didn't is because uh, my parents were, were kind of strict, and that led me on the right path. And I think that there's a lot of – when you go to impoverished neighborhoods and you see kids doing bad things, what, what else do you notice? Nobody's showing them the right thing, right? Like, you don't see, uh, like, in a suburban neighborhood, somebody doing bad things around – everybody knows the bad kid is, right? But in certain neighborhoods, the kid just gets away with it. In other neighborhoods, they don't. They crack down on it. I think it comes down to parenting – um, education, and then obviously if you have a, a sense of community, you know, where you're going to let people know that, hey, we're not going to let these types of things happen in our neighborhood
0: anymore, and I think that's a good place to start. All right, I think we have run
1: out of time. You guys are beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> intelligent geeks. We have cards up here. I want you all to go on Facebook, YouTube,
0: Twitter. Uh, get up. Black and Black Times Infinity, Acne the BTI. Listen to the podcast. we got it going on every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30, and the live chat is lit. That it is.
2: Thank you, everybody. Thank,
0: Thank you, Times Infinity. the splitting of the atom only a few decades ago, And through his God-given genius of science, man, at last, has succeeded in penetrating further and further into the unknown vastness of space. Yet many questions remain unanswered.